Do you manage your own IT for distributed teams in Asia? And you know how painful it is. Esavel helps your in-house team by taking cumbersome tasks off their hands and giving them the tools to manage IT effectively. Get help across eight countries in Asia Pacific from on and offboarding, procuring devices, to real-time IT support and device management. With our state-of-the-art platform, gain full control of all your IT infrastructure in one place. Our team of IT support pros are keen to help you grow. So check out esevel.com and get a demo today. Use our referral code ASIA for three months free. Terms and conditions apply. Stripe isn't just payments. We actually build economic infrastructure for the global economy. And so we've got a lot more technology beyond payments. And our Stripe tour is a, is a cool venue where we get a chance to bring customers and partners and thought leaders together and talk about the current state of technology and future technologies in a local Asian context. So it's been a lot of fun. And by the way, you know, we're really enthusiastic about Asia here at Stripe, not only because 60% of the world's population is in Asia, also because the Asian markets are very tech forward. And you can see that by just looking at global trends, sometimes Asian markets completely leapfrog the trends, like is what happened to mobile. You got this great market that's huge, that's really tech forward, and there's so much innovation possible. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the premier podcast dedicated to dissecting the pulse of business technology and media in Asia. I'm Bernard Leung, and payments are part of the core infrastructure for any business to facilitate commerce in the Asia Pacific region. How are innovations in online payments will jumpstart current and new business models in the Asia Pacific region? With me today, Mike Clayville, Chief Revenue Officer from Stripe. And I knew him as a former Amazonian when I was working there. So Mike, welcome to the show and great to have you here because I understand you're in Singapore for a Stripe event that's encompassing Southeast Asia. That's right, Bernard. It's a delight to be on your podcast today. And I am in Singapore to be a part of what we call Stripe Tour. And I... And I also understand from this event that you all announced some of these new innovative solutions for your customers that will jumpstart for, to facilitate easier commerce for online customers. And I understand Amazon is one of the customers that came up with a press release, right? That's right. That's right. We, we are doing a lot of great work with Amazon where you have a, a number of new technologies that we're announcing today that are very exciting areas mm -hmm. like improving and optimizing checkout, or we've got a great new terminal product that helps customers in an omni-channel space. Are we also talking about Link, which is a, a tool that allows you to really deeply personalize the payment process for your consumers. So a lot of really cool new technology today that we're releasing at Stripe Tour. Mm. So since I have you here, I definitely must start with your origin story. So how did you start your career and eventually led up in your present role as the Chief Revenue Officer <laughs> for Stripe? Well, well, Bernard, I'm not very young, so that could be a long, long story. But I'll, I'll, I'll cut it short. Look, my whole career, I've been, I've been really focused on what I call tornadoes. These are hyper-growth companies. And 
And maybe I've got a personality defect that requires me to be building. This is the sixth tornado company that I've worked for where we've had real hyper growth. And so I, I started at IBM back in uh, the late eighties and I went off to an ERP company before ERP was a cool thing. I went to a company called Tivoli that was in systems management space. I went to a company called BEA. Uh, BEA grew from about 10 million in the WebLogic product to about a billion and a half in six years. Then I went to VMware, where it was about a $100 million company. I grew it to about five and a half billion in eight years. Then when I started at AWS, we were about a billion dollars in size. And when I left, we we're 43 billion. And now I'm at Stripe. And, you know, and there's a lot of commonalities between tornado companies. It's all about building for growth. And, and so I've been, I've spent the last 30 years of my career just building for growth. Mm. I, I really enjoyed uh, meeting you in Chicago personally, and you gave really good life lessons. So I definitely have to ask you this in your career journey, given that you work in all these tornadoes companies, what are the key lessons you can share with my audience? Look, you know, the culture of the company disproportionately matters in the fullness of time. And having guideposts to really keep culture aligned is super helpful, very valuable. Now, Amazon has their leadership principles, which are, which are uh, really guardrails for making decisions and guardrails for keeping your culture, you know, for reinforcing your, your culture. At Stripe, we have our operating principles very much the same. And the, the, the cult, the, uh, leadership principles I like the most, I think that matter the most. First is customer obsessed or user first, depending upon you're talking about Amazon or Stripe. So really focusing on the customer really, really matters. Then underneath of the customer focus are the behaviors necessary to successfully focus on a customer. And so if you think about what are the core things that a individual needs to be able to do to really understand their customer? Well, the first is empathy. They have to have empathy for what the customer's going through, empathy for the customer's pain point, empathy for kind of the technical debt that a customer has, right? So really appreciating the journey the customer's on and where they are on the journey really matters. And then the second one, second critical one I would say is learn and be curious. You have to have a natural curiosity. The natural curiosity will lead you to ask that extra question that really matters. And then the empathy allows you to be able to prioritize kind of all of the pain points in the same way that the customer feels them. So those are, those are the two things. First, be customer centric. And then second, within that customer centricity, make sure you have the empathy you need to understand the customer's pain points and, and that you're very curious about their pain points. Yep, absolutely. So we come to the main subject of the day. I want to talk about Stripe in Asia Pacific. And by the way, Analyze Asia, our newsletter also uses Stripe as a solution since Excellent. the beginning. So for the last nine years. So to start the conversation and also to guide my audience, can you sort of give me a comprehensive overview of Stripe and its mission sure. and vision globally? Yeah, sure. And I'll, and I'll bring it back to Asia for you as well. Mm. Look, 
Stripe's mission is to increase the GDP of the internet. That's what we strive to do every day. And look, we're big believers in you know, the possibility that the internet will create global economic expansion and change. And as a result, we already have millions of customers here at Stripe. And that's that's super exciting. And we started about a decade ago. And the unique thing about the payments industry is, you know, it turns out that in the last decade, payments has gotten harder instead of easier. There's a lot more payment methods now. Customers need to be more digitally engaged. So our, our customers have more capabilities that they're looking for. And look, there's way more fraudsters now than there were a decade ago. So the reality is, you know, you just need a lot more technology today than you did a decade ago. And that's what Stripe's focused on is delivering on that technology. And I'll give you a quick example. We announced just today our optimized checkout solution. And here's the interesting thing. If you look across Asia, about 95% of customers have errors in their checkout page, meaning they're not really deeply engaging their customers as well as they could. Our optimized checkout solution really is a very refined approach to customer engagement and so much so that we've done an A-B test and those customers that have adopted our optimized checkout generally get 10.5% more top line revenue through the same checkout pages once they're optimized and if they weren't optimized. So it's, it's really, really impactful. A couple of other things I would say is, you know, Stripe isn't just payments. We actually build economic infrastructure for the global economy. And so we've got a lot more technology beyond payments. And our Stripe tour is a, is a cool venue where we get a chance to bring customers and partners and thought leaders together and talk about the current state of technology and future technologies in a local Asian context. So it's been a lot of fun. And by the way, you know, we're really enthusiastic about Asia here at Stripe, not only because 60% of the world's population is in Asia, also because the Asian markets are very tech forward. And you can see that by just looking at global trends. Sometimes Asian markets completely leapfrog the trends, like is what happened to mobile. You got this great market that's huge, that's really tech forward, and there's so much innovation possible. I'll give you a couple of examples, Bernard. So here in Singapore, the GovTech organization of the Singapore government has built altogether new great customer engagement tools all based on Stripe to allow its citizens to buy a bunch of services from the government. Another example here in, in, in Singapore, Plano is a, a health tech company that builds software for clinics. And they already have 2,200 healthcare organizations across Southeast Asia using their platform. And they're able to take payments from customers either online or in person simply because they've engaged with Stripe and the Stripe technology platform. And then the final one I'll use is Electrolux. Man, really cool example of business transformation. A really traditional appliance manufacturer, one of the world's largest appliance manufacturers, 
And they've created an altogether new business model based on Stripe. You can now get appliances through a subscription model. Super cool. And then let me tell you, I think that, you know, whether it's innovation or whether it's business transformation, a lot of what is happening in Asia right now will have a prominence in the global market in the years to come. And today we we we're already servicing serving here at Stripe tens of thousands of Asian companies. And that's just going to continue to grow. We're really proud of that, but we're continuing to invest deeply to be an important part of, of the Asian market moving forward. So that gives you a little bit about Stripe and about how we think about Asia. You also highlighted the total market opportunity that you think about payments in the Asia Pacific region and how the role of Stripe has actually helping businesses from large enterprises like Electrolux all the way to small and medium businesses and even the government as well, right? Stripe has always been at the forefront of online payment and many other uh, infrastructure solutions for the small and medium businesses or even larger businesses as well. Can you share some of these latest tech innovations? Maybe double click on some of them. I think you briefly mentioned just now about how Stripe is introducing to help businesses to grow their businesses. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, the the market here in Asia Pac is huge, right? So by 2027, they're predicted to be about just around $7 trillion in digital payments. Enormous. That's up from just over $3 trillion in 2020. So huge growth in the a lot of this is contributed by the transaction volumes around digital commerce that Stripe really focuses on. So we're building technologies to really enhance that. I mentioned the optimized checkout suite, which is a cool suite that can really drive top line revenue. Um, but you know, the, a couple of others, we we have our digital reader that we announced. It's called Stripe Terminal. It's a S700, where you can bring a real omni-channel environment to our customers so they get you can deliver to your customers the same level of personalization whether it's online or offline that's really unique and we think customers are going to find that super valuable part of the reason is because you know we were drop kicked into the next decade by by covid relative to digital engagement and many of our customers want to protect that progress that they made but they want to bring it to to the offline environment as well, get it in the stores. Our, our S700 allows them to do that. The other technology that I, I'll just mention briefly is technology we call Link. And Link is a way for us to use our entire network of millions of customers and their consumers. And we capture the payment characteristics of all of the consumers and so no matter which merchant a consumer is coming to buy from, their, their historical purchasing preferences are served up to them because of the broad network that we have. Link, Link will remember all of the different payment methods and it'll even put them in context. For example, this is a, maybe they're doing a, a hotel stay and maybe that they normally use debit cards for that. It'll serve them that. Or maybe they're renting a house for a vacation and they use bank transfers. It'll serve them up that. So it'll, it puts the purchase in context with the types of payment methods a individual, individual consumer would normally use. So 
three cool new technologies that we're announcing this week. Mm, and also definitely cater to the unique needs of the Asia Pacific market. But I have a question for you then. What is yeah. the one thing that you know about Stripe that very few people do? First, a lot of people equate Stripe to being a startup focused company. Why we love startups. We've got an enormous number of big enterprises to leverage our technology to move and manage money. So it's not just a startup. Just like at AWS, you may remember, Bernard, when you were there, we had a great engagement with startups, but also we were foundational to enterprises. The same thing is true about Stripe. The second thing I would say that most people don't know is, is they think about Stripe as a payment company, but we're way more than that. We're building economic infrastructure for the global economy. And so we're really providing a set of tools that allows customers to manage their money, both the back office and the customer experience. And so it's much more than just a payments company. Mm. Now with the rise of uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, and I recently had somebody from Chainalysis actually talking about Asia leading the activity here, but I, I'm not going to ask anything about product romance. I'm just sort of thinking, what is, is Stripe thinking about exploring or even thinking about exploring this space for the Asia Pacific region, or maybe it's still in its early stages? Yeah, look, we're really focused on making sure that we provide businesses and developers all of the financial infrastructure necessary to support all other use cases. And so you're going to see us investing behind that. Our job really is make it easy for users to accept payments in, in whatever form they choose. It could be bank payments. It could be crypto. We really want to be able to provide for any use case the right payment method for the customer. And so you'll see us continue to make investments there for sure. Mm. And security is definitely paramount when it comes to online payments. I think you alluded to that very, very early. How are Stripe's innovations now to ensure safer transactions for both businesses and also the consumers using it? Because I think this is one of the key things that I think people don't realize that there's a lot more fraud, a lot of phishing activity, scams going on in the region as well. Yeah, look, we're investing deeply in security across a number of different vectors, right? Mm. Because there is fraud out there. And we're there to help our merchants be really successful at dealing with fraud. So let me let me start by saying that to us, security is job one. It's just part of our DNA. We get up every day and that's what we think about. And look, we've we've been investing for a long time, although AI is is a cool thing now. We've been using AI for a long time to build machine learning models that would detect and block fraud charges in real time. And so we've got an advanced set of capabilities there, a product we call Radar. And, and we've got a huge team of security experts that just focused on strengthening our infrastructure. And let, let, me, let me tell you a little bit about what we're doing with our infrastructure. So um, first, Stripe actually invented a technology that shepherds the sensitive credit card data directly from the customer's hands to our secure service. And what we did was we used data that's encrypted and has sec security capabilities that move the data directly to our secure servers. And so you've got data that's fully encrypted and securely stored 
in Stripe's vault. And we use cryptographic keys, as you might imagine, to secure the sensitive data, and as well as random tokens in place of actual credit card numbers to limit system access so that we can continue to protect the security. Another thing that we're doing, which I think is super valuable, is providing secure communications, right? So sensitive data is always encrypted, both at rest and in motion, and it's going over the the networks fully encrypted so that you never have to worry about whether your data can be snooped off of the off of the networks if you will and we're using hsds to ensure that the browser never communicates with stripe in an insecure way the the other thing we're doing is we're in, we've invested a lot in tokenization right we created stripe.js so that you know credit card data never touches the merchant server right even even internally, we use random tokens in place of the card data to limit the systems with access to the data as much as possible internally. So we we really take security deeply seriously, and it's ingrained in everything we do. Hmm. And as a customer, I totally agree with that Ed, because I've used it. I, I'm quite curious because you're now in the Asia Pacific, you probably talk to different customers and I'm definitely sure that the enterprise are definitely using Stripe just as its original clientele, the startups and small and medium businesses. How do you see the challenges for these different cohorts of customers when it comes to adopting online payments? Is it mainly in education? Is it mainly in thinking about how to quickly do a one-click and then basically start accepting payments from the customers. What, what's your feel in these different cohorts? Look, the first thing I would say is, is that security, reliability, availability is common across all cohorts. And we do a great job of that. In fact, during Black Friday and Cyber Monday last year, we ran it six nines at six nines, even at high transaction Volume. So no matter which cohort of customers you're talking about, startups or enterprises, you know, security, availability, reliability disproportionately matters. And we're doing a, a great job of satisfy, satisfying all of those. And so when you talk to an enterprise, they'll generally talk to you about, you know, do you have the right automation in place? Can you make my developers more productive? Can you make sure that I'm secure and available, right? Is it easy to design great checkout experiences? Well, well for startups and small and medium-sized businesses, they have slightly different needs, right? Late payments can threaten their business, right? So it's much more about the, the levers that can have a real impact on the SMB, such as not getting your payments on time. In fact, we did a, a research study in Australia just recently, and half of the businesses surveyed identified late payments as a serious threat to their business. And so we building, we're building for that cohort of customers tools that make sure that they get paid faster and, and takes risk out of getting paid at all. So it's just both of those solutions, both cohorts matter a lot to us. We have just slightly different things we're building in them based on, on their requirements. 
given that it is also a very vast clientele and also depending on the country's evolution, I'm pretty sure you, you can think of very developed economies like Japan and Korea, Singapore and Australia, New Zealand. And then where you have what you call emerging economies like the Indonesia, the Philippines, the Vietnam, Thailand, and then your frontier economies like the Cambodia, Laos. How Are the problems similar or is it actually a common set of ch challenges, but we look at them actually quite similarly in that sense? from the look, payments point of view. Yeah, look, there's a there's a lot of commonalities there and we continue to be really enthusiastic about the startup communities across all countries and there's there's a big reason why these startup that end up catching their market footing become the new category winners. Create they create substantial businesses in the fullness of time and we've seen the likes of the these globally emerged things like Uber and 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 Grab and DoorDash and Instacart, Deliveroo. You know, by us focusing deeply on our startups, make sure that they're successful. We're we're really powering a new generation of companies to emerge as category winners, and so we're we're really enthusiastic about continuing to invest there. In I guess you could call it the disruption flywheel, and and you know we want to be the engine upon which all of those new startups that have great new ideas that they want to bring to market and catch market footing on, we want to be the platform of choice for those. Now, as they become really big category winners, we've got to be able to satisfy the needs of those really big companies as well. Now, that's the reason why we we got to be really great at the enterprise. Not only is the opportunity in the enterprise huge, right? Because we're just getting started in digital payments. I think only about 15% of digital payments is online today, leaving 85% to come online in the, the years to come. And the bulk of the 85% is tied up in the traditional enterprise space. So the TAM there for the enterprise space is really important and a huge growth opportunity for us. But, you know, the the emerging category winners are really critical for us to be able to continue to solve their, their problems as well. Mm, the one thing I remember from Mike in AWS is always talking about customer success stories all over the world. And you can always cite whichever part of the world it is. So <laughs> I definitely have to try you on this one then. Can you share success stories of enterprises and whether startups or businesses in the Asia Pacific region that have actually built their commercial success with Stripe? Yeah, let me start with public sector. Let me start with the Singapore government and uh, what they call their GovTech solution, right? So they're leveraging the Stripe platform to create a whole new way to engage with their citizenry and, and create a really seamless checkout of a bunch of different government services. Now, the exciting thing about the Stripe platform is, you know, GovTech has found that they're able to stand up uh, new services much faster than they normally would have. In fact, they've they've done an assessment and and like with SGPay that they built, they built it in two weeks. Without Stripe, they think it would have taken them three or four months to build. And so our technology stack it really helps public sector, as an example in this case, be really really successful at delivering the right capability quickly. But but it's also exciting, you know, how traditional enterprises take Electrolux, a traditional, in fact, one of the world's largest appliance manufacturers, 
Well, they created an altogether new business model based out of reoccurring revenue. And that's all based off the Stripe platform. And now you can buy an appliance on a subscription model. Super cool kind of digital transformation of a traditional enterprise. But there's also some cool new companies that I'll, I'd point out. Plato is a great example of, I mentioned earlier, that they're, they've got a clinic management solution that they've been able to grow quickly to 2,200 healthcare providers. And they're able to now scale their business because they're scaling on Stripe and take payments either online or in person. Uh, another great example we just had on stage today, Arun, who is the senior VP of platform at a company called Ticket.com, right? It's one of the world's fastest growing online travel agencies based out of Indonesia. They've got 12, 17 million global users right now. It's incredible. And they've got multi, they're using multi-currency features from Stripe, allowing them to go global easily. And they're leveraging our radar product to protect them against fraud. And then the last one I would point out is an organization called Mind Valley out of Malaysia. You know, its founder started an online education platform focused on wellness. And now he has 20 million students worldwide. And it's super cool solution that they've processed all of their payments. They created improved checkout experience. They automate all of their taxes and the revenue recognition on the Stripe platform. So some traditional companies, some public sector companies, and some cool new technology disruptors. With also the business landscape changing, how does Stripe think about plan to stay ahead and continue to offer, say, relevant, efficient infrastructure or payment solutions for the enterprises and startups then? Yeah, well, look, as I mentioned, we're just getting started. We've only got 15% of, of transactions online today. So there's so much more to do. And we, again, we think about our goal is to increase the GDP of the internet, you know, and 10 years ago, one of the best ways to do that was to really invest behind those internet startups and help them grow. And look, it's still important today. Just look at the AI space. Almost all the AI technologies are leveraging us as their transaction platform. And so it's it's super valuable to both us and them as they scale. But there's a lot of these traditional enterprises that don't want to be disrupted. They, they need to get themselves into a position that they can effectively compete against these new, new disruptors. And so they need us even more to help them digitally transform to be able to successfully deliver on a great customer experience. And that includes everything from moving and managing money online to, to, to managing payments, to issuing cards, to calculating taxes, to billing, to providing invoices, and, and so much more. Mm. So our traditional closing question, what does great look like for Stripe in the Asia Pacific? Yeah, look. You know, again, we're just getting started. There's so much more for us to do. There's so many more enterprises that need our help transforming. Every day, there's thousands of founders that have great ideas that start their companies in Asia. What great looks like 
is that we continue to really empower all of those founders to create uh, a successful company, to find their market footing, and to grow into really important transformational companies for the industry. But at the same time, we're enabling the other 85% of commerce that's not online, mostly locked up in traditional enterprises, to digitally transform and begin to really engage their customers in a meaningful way that enhances kind of the personalization and the customer experience. That's what success looks like to me. Mm. Mike, many thanks for coming on the show. And thank you for actually even telling me that actually there's only 15% of the market and there's 85% more to go. So in closing, I have two questions. First, any recommendations that have inspired your life? Look, I there's a lot of things that that inspire my life. I I I, I you know I had a, a difficult experience in my life in that I lost my wife to cancer when our kids were eight, ten, and twelve. And one of the big inspirations for me is the oncological nurses, the people that dedicate their lives to helping others in a time of 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 kind of, I'll, I won't call it desperate, a really challenging time of their lives. People that get up and dedicate themselves to helping people during their most difficult times, you know, that's really important and that's significant. And that, that, that tells you a little bit about why I wear my cowboy hat. Uh, at the ranch where I grew up, it's still run as a community. When I have something that I need help doing, people just show up. All the neighbors show up. Then I don't have to ask them. They know I need help and they'll show up. And I do the same. And so the hat to me represents community and being there for each other, showing up, even if you're not asked, because you know it's needed. And that's that's part of what I see of these oncological nurses. They They step in during some of the darkest times of a person's life and they dedicate themselves to helping them through that that's that's super inspiring to me and and so i get up every day and i hope that i can have an impact on on people's lives even if I, even if i can't do it anywhere near as much as as oncological nurses do as, as at least a little bit every day mm. That's a great recommendation and I also dedicate to a lot of the healthcare workers been working through the entire pandemic, ensuring that everyone is safe and sound in these difficult times. Yeah, so, and all of those all those folks in the ER that were taking care of the COVID patients as they came in, it's just, you know, the work they do is, is just so amazing. Mm. And I'm so glad you share your appreciation. So how can my audience find you? Yeah, sure. So feel free to ping me on LinkedIn. I'm out on LinkedIn. And and if you need anything from Stripe, feel free to ping me at Clayville, C-L-A-Y-V-I-L-L-E at Stripe.com. Bernardo, it was a delight to spend some time with you today. Yes, and definitely can find this podcast, every podcast platform and our YouTube channel. And of course, our social media at Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E Asia. Mike, many thanks for for coming here to share and you are an inspiration to me when I was working in AWS and you still are an inspiration today in Stripe. So uh, I look forward to speak to you soon. All right. Thank you, Bernard. <laughs>